Welcome to the Gift of Love broadcast, where love is your greatest gift. Our mission is to teach the world the power of loving God and loving others. The greatest gift for you and me, the greatest gift for humanity, the greatest gift for all to see. Everyone and welcome to the Gift of Love broadcast. I'm Lyndon Batiste and I'm so excited to continue this journey with you as we walk and grow in love. Yes, I believe that we are here on this earth to grow and develop and mature in our love walk. This is what life is all about. This is what this entire life classroom is here for, so that we can learn to love better, so that we can learn to love our creator, so that we can learn to love ourselves, and so that we can learn to love others better. And that is why we are here. Today, I want to continue on part two of our topic, discovering your purpose in life or finding your purpose in life. I believe that there is no greater discovery than to find out why you are here on this earth. I believe that we all have a purpose. We all have an assignment. We are all wired and coded with programming to complete a specific task, to contribute to the evolution of all of humanity. And we have to discover that. We have to find that. And when we find that, I believe that is where we find our peace. That is where we find our happiness. That is when we find our power. That is when we find our place and our purpose. And this series is about giving all of us indicators, roadmaps, or, or road signs, signposts that'll direct us, steer us to what that purpose might be. And in part two of this subject, we are literally going to talk about some of those signposts that will nav- help us to navigate and help us to identify what our purpose might be. So ways to help you identify your purpose in life. Number one, what comes natural to you? Number one, what comes natural to you? And when I ask the question, what comes natural to you? I'm asking, what comes easy to you? What do you feel you're wired to do? For example, have you ever seen a talented painter or a very talented musician? I've actually tried to draw. I've tried to paint And I'm not sure what allows someone to paint well, but whatever it is, I don't have it. You can give me a sip and paint class and and, and I can see what they're drawing on the screen, a tutorial and a guide, the whole nine. And what I'm painting still will not look like whatever it is I am being directed to paint. I just don't have it. Painting does not come natural to me. Drawing does not come natural to me. When my pen hits the paper or, or when my paintbrush hits the, uh, the, the canvas, it just doesn't come out like anything. 
Have you ever seen someone who has a knack for numbers or someone who has a knack for leadership? It just comes natural to them. It flows out of them easily. Or someone with an entrepreneurial spirit. And they can just see businesses developing. They can see business plans. They can see light years into the future what a business is going to be. So what I'm asking you is to take inventory of your life with all of these roadmaps, these signposts, and think about them and how and what sort of sticks out in your mind when you ask yourself these questions. What comes natural to you? It, it flows out of you and you do it with ease and, and other people might even recognize it and say, wow, how do you sing that way or how do you draw that way or how are you able to touch people that way when you speak or how are you able to galvanize people and cause people to follow you the thing that comes natural to you might just be a sign as to what your purpose might be in life it could be again just a signpost as to what it might be number two What do you love doing? What is it that you absolutely love doing? A quote, you will recognize your own path when you come upon it. Because you will suddenly have all the energy and imagination you will ever need. That is a quote by Jerry Gillies. Again, you will recognize your own path when you come upon it because you will suddenly have all the energy and imagination you will ever need. So in other words, it is the opposite of waking up Monday morning and going to a job that you really don't want to be at. You know, when you wake up on Monday morning and you dread getting up, well, when it's something that you love, it's probably hard for you to go to sleep, actually, when you're doing it. It's hard for you to recognize the time. It's, you don't look at your watch. You become immersed in it because you love it. You enjoy it. And it taps into a certain place in your spirit where you experience freedom. You experience life. You experience a flow and an ease, but more importantly, a love. I found an article that I want to read, and it's, it's, it's called 15 Signs That You Genuinely Love What You're Doing by Allison Renner and this is from a website lifehack.org and I thought the points here were were awesome so these are sub points under what do you love doing but how do you know what you love when you love doing something so this article has 15 signs and I want to share those number one you don't struggle to stay focused on the task at hand number two you talk about the good things other people do instead of talking about other people Number three, you enjoy your time at work. Number four, you think about winning instead of surviving. Number five, you're excited about what you're doing. Number six, you hardly ever watch the clock. Number seven, you view success in terms of fulfillment and gratification. Number eight, you help others without thinking. Number nine, you have friends at work. Number 10, your weekends are time to recharge for Monday, as opposed to dreading when the weekend is over. (laughs) Number 11, you hate calling in sick. In fact, you don't even think about it. Number 12, 
you find solutions instead of griping about problems. Number 13, you hope to get more work instead of dreading it. Number 14, you're not bothered by petty things at work. That is such a good one. Then number 15, you're working for the big picture. So those are ways to help you identify what it is that you love doing. And when you identify what you love doing, again, you might be staring at your purpose in life. Number three, what things frustrate you? What things frustrate you? To have a grievance is to have a purpose in life. Alan Corinne from the Sanity Inspector. Again, to have a grievance is to have a purpose in life. To use a biblical example, we all know the story of Moses. Moses was called to be the great deliverer. Well, before he actually became this great deliverer, there's a story of when he is witnessing one of the Hebrew slaves being abused by one of the Egyptian guards, prison guards, and Moses steps in and defends the Hebrew, and he actually kills the Egyptian guard. Well, Moses just could not stomach watching the abuse and the oppression of the Hebrew people. This is before the call. This is before the burning bush. He was frustrated. He had a grievance. He couldn't, again, in good conscience, be neutral or watch what was taking place. He had to intervene. He had to become a part. And you know what? There are some things in our lives that frustrate us and we see it and we say, this makes me so angry. This bothers me. I just don't understand why this is this way. And generally what we do is we say, you know, someone should do something about this. Someone else. Let me write someone else. Let me call someone else and tell them what is frustrating me. Well, have you ever thought that the reason that it frustrates you is because you're actually called to do something about it? That you're the one who's who's been given the grievance because you're the one that has been called to step on the front lines and cause change. Everyone who has ever caused change or who has created a movement, they had a deep grievance. There was something that they could not live with as a reality. They had to become involved. But there are some of us who we, we don't necessarily step out on that frustration. But I'm asking you to consider that frustration as a signpost, as a as a as a as a pointer in the direction of what your purpose might be. So think about that. What is it that frustrates you? It could be something sociopolitical. It could be something at your job. It could be something in the market that you see and you and you see it so clear and you wonder why other people don't see it. You know what? They don't see it because they haven't been called to it, but you have been. And that could be, it just might be what your purpose is. Number four, what is it that consumes you? And I'm talking about an obsession for. I'm talking about every fiber of your being when you engage in this thing or when you think about it. Again, you lose track of time. You lose track of yourself. I remember there was a gentleman and he had a lawn care company. And I remember one day just talking to him and he began teaching me about how to care for grass. 
and he went down every different type of grass, every different type of seed, the seasons when to plant certain types of grass and the the and the, again the seasons and it was so intricate and I couldn't help but think this he loves this. This consumes him. He has broken this 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 his industry down to its smallest fraction and he's mastered it. And he was totally consumed by it. And like that, I believe we all have something that totally consumes us where we break it down. Just talking about it. We can talk about it for days and for hours. And we get excited when we talk about it. You know, for me, I get excited when I think about helping people. I get excited when I think about uh, um, what I am going to share next that can help someone develop and grow in their journey of life. I get excited when I think about music and I think about uh, singing or instrumentation or I get excited when I think about uh, issues of, of justice and liberation and those are the things that excites me it consumes me and I can talk about them all day again just could be a sign as to what your purpose is what is it that consumes you that pulls you in and sucks you in and whenever you engage in it or you talk about it you lose a sense of self and you're absorbed into that very thing what is it that consumes you? Number five, what is it that you do that gives other people joy and builds them up in the process? The best way to find yourself is to lose yourself in the service of others. A quote from Mahatma Gandhi. What is it that you do that gives other people joy and builds them up in the process? You know, I do believe that the thing that God has placed on the inside of you, the purpose, is going to bring others joy but it's going to build them up in the process and they'll let you know oh when you speak it gives me joy or oh when you sing when you paint or when i your your ideal your business your invention it brings me joy and it builds me up because i believe that everything that god has called us to that the universe as the spirit has placed within us is for other people that's and that's the point I want to hint at. Your purpose is going to always be directed towards others because we're given that to help each other evolve and grow. And you know what? That's why I need you to find your purpose, because my growth is contingent upon you finding your purpose. Your growth is your growth is contingent upon me finding my purpose. All of us, we must find our purpose. And it's a sad thing. It's it's. It's we're all harmed when someone is not walking in their purpose and doing what they're called to do. Just think about all of our great leaders, our great inventors. What if Dr. Martin Luther King had not found his purpose? What if Steve Jobs had not found his purpose? What if all of our inventors, what if Einstein had not found his purpose? What if Galileo had not found what he loved and what he and, and the research and the scientific inquiry that he was engaged in? What if all of our leaders, our great inventors, what if Mother Teresa had not found her purpose? Just think about how all of our lives would be different. So what is it that you do that gives other people joy and builds them up in the process? Number six. What would you do for free? Think about that. What would you do for free? If money was not a concern, if I could come to you right now and say, you know what, for the rest of your life, all of your bills are covered. 
so you don't have to worry about insurance, house note, car note, and you have the freedom to do whatever it is you want to do. What would you do? Because for so many of us, we have that job or we 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 engage in that that thing, whatever it is, because of money. We want money. We want to survive. And there's nothing wrong with that. I totally understand it. But that doesn't necessarily mean that that's our purpose. When our purpose could more so look like the thing that we would be doing, what would we we would be doing for free. If money wasn't a problem, you would probably finish that book, right? If money wasn't an issue, you would probably complete that painting. In fact, you'd do a painting a day. If money wasn't an issue, you would you would absolutely take that that idea for that company and you would get it incorporated and you would build that website. You would step out on it because money wasn't an issue. So much of what we want to do and what we want to be is 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 influenced by our need to survive. And I'm not saying that's a bad thing. But when you think about what would you do for free if money wasn't an issue? It could be an indicator as to what you would do or or what your purpose in life is. What would you do for free? And that could be, again, a sign as to what your purpose in life is. And our last point, number seven. What do you see yourself doing? What do you see yourself doing? And when I say see yourself, I mean, what can you visualize yourself doing with your life? When you think about what your life will be in five or ten years, think about what can you see yourself doing? Don't think about what you might have to do. Don't think about what you're necessarily doing right now. But what can you see yourself doing? And when you see it, does it bring you joy? Does it bring you happiness? You know, there are some things that I absolutely can't see myself doing. Because I know that's not my purpose, but there are certain things if you asked me, you know what, I could see myself speaking and motivating people for the rest of my life. I can see myself doing certain things, but not only does it start with, not only do do all dreams start with visualization, but finding your purpose starts with visualization as well. What can you see yourself doing can you imagine it can you see it yes if you can see it you can do it but if you can see it that gives you an idea of what you should be doing i think of the story in the bible with the tower of babel and it talks about how the people because they could see because they could imagine because they could imagine reaching heaven the scripture says that that there's nothing that they cannot do and i believe it's the same way if you can see yourself doing it then more than likely, that's what's in your heart to do. There's a good chance that, you know what, the spirit and the universe is saying, the reason why you can see it, and the reason why when you see yourself doing it, it makes you happy, it gives you joy and peace, is because that's your purpose. That's where you're supposed to be, and that's where your power is. So again, ways to help you identify your purpose in life. Number one, what comes natural to you? Number two, what do you love doing? Number three, what things frustrate you? Number four, what is it that consumes you? Number five, what is it that you do that give other people joy and builds them up in the process? Number six, what would you do for free? And number seven, what do you see yourself doing? And I believe when you consider all of these points, 
you could possibly, you'll possibly be able to identify what your purpose in life is. And it'll jump out to you as clear as day. And you know what? As I mentioned in part one, it's not enough just to identify your purpose. But when you when you really will begin to experience life is when you not only know it and identify it, but you give your life to accomplishing it. You'll immerse yourself in it and you'll say to yourself, this is what I have to do and this is what I will do with my life. I want to close in sharing an illustration that I heard from a preacher some years back. And this is what finding your purpose is like. If you take a fish out of the water and you place that fish on solid ground, and just think of a regular normal fish, place, place that fish on natural ground, what happens generally? You'll, the fish begins to sort of flap up and down, flip up and down, and and it doesn't really move. It kind of jumps up in place, but it doesn't move really much. And it and it's it's sort of it's it's out of its natural environment, right? It's it's not impressive because they're not where they're supposed to be. But you take that same fish and drop him back in the water, and that fish will begin to move almost at the speed of light, and you can't catch it, and it moves freely because it's in its natural habitat it's in its place it's where it was it's supposed to be and it looks brilliant now it looks powerful it looks majestic it looks magnificent nothing changed about that fish it always was magnificent it always was majestic it always was powerful and graced but when it was taken out of its place it was not in its purpose it looked less than it should be And I believe that's what so many of us we're experiencing. Guess what? You're powerful. You're majestic. You are magical. God is on the inside of you. The spirit is on the inside of you. All of heaven is residing on the inside of who you are and is waiting to be unleashed to the world. But if you're not in your natural habitat, if you're not in your place where you're supposed to be, you won't experience and experience it and, and, and others will not as well. But when you find your purpose and, you're gi- and you give your life to accomplishing it and you decide that this is my habitat, this is where I'm supposed to be and I will be here. Like the fish in the water, all of your majesty will be visible for the rest of the world to see. This is what the scripture means when it says, or this is partially what it means when it says your gift will make room for you. You know, your gift, your talent, your purpose, being in your purpose. Others will take notice. And this, this is about love. Love yourself enough to find your purpose and to do your purpose. Love others enough to give your life to your purpose. Love God enough. Love God enough to give yourself to the purpose that has been placed on the inside of you. Follow it. Adhere to it. And experience life like never before. Thank you for joining us once again for the Gift of Love broadcast. Please share this message with everyone that you know. Because it's important that we all find our purpose. Because when we find our purpose, we find our power. We find 
our presence. We find our peace, our happiness, and our joy. And when that happens, love abounds. See